All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a potty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Chesco. I have rid my mouth of cookie. Yes, it's good. And I'm ready to start this show. That's, Take two! That's it, too bad. Yes, this is the second time we're doing this. Thanks, Tec- computer, for just shutting me down. Yeah, Literally turning off in the middle of a recording. But hey, what else can we expect? It's been weeks since all three of us have been together to do this. Computer completely gave us a middle finger. Has anything happened in the Premier League since we've been away? I don't think many things. <laughs> it's funny because I actually agree with you a Nothing's little bit. happened in the top four. Everything and nothing has happened over the last few weeks in the Premier League. Lots of matches. We're down to just twenty matches left in the league. I hate it, it when we get to this. Right. I hate when we get to this time of the year where I can count the number of overall matches left in the league season. Yeah, like it's it's flown by. But that with, means with that your fingers and toes. Scott. That's true. That's true. While you eat cookie dough, mm. uh, but that's where we're at, which means that it's crunch time in many leagues uh, for fantasy Premier League. So we're here to give you what you need to help you with the stretch run, specifically looking at game week thirty-seven this coming weekend. By the way, disclaimer up front: it starts on a Friday. There is a Friday match in game week thirty-seven. So Again? don't forget. Yeah, exactly. So don't forget to set your lineups. Uh, while we go through this show, we will take a look at game week thirty-seven. But we're going to start by looking back at game week thirty-six and make sure that we glean everything from it that we need to learn uh, to help us with the future so we're going to talk about the dream team from game week 36 for fantasy premier league and use that to discuss all the important storylines we've got some of the segments that you've come to know and love the christian benteke wasteful player of the week award is going to be given out but brian you don't like my choice Uh, it's not that i don't like your choice i have a somebody else that i think could could be in there as well honorable mention yeah, and and maybe even more than honorable mention, I I feel like it, it's a nominee for wasteful player of the year. Do we give that out on this podcast? Well, we I mean when Usually Christian you well, we did we did with um Christian Benteke. we did with Cameron Jerome yes when it was still Cameron Jerome and then right. Christian Benteke was so bad that we renamed the award for Christian Benteke. That's true. And um, I, I would just if we can is someone pick, at Christian Benteke level. No, it's just oh, okay. it's just the consequence of of stuff that has happened that I feel like it's not worthy of renaming the award, but it is worth somebody that's I think for the full season that All you right. would say wow. so wasteful, you win it for everybody for the year. By the way, yeah. I'm already really excited for the show that we're going to do right after the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, I've got a great game that I'm just going to enjoy. Really? I, I've been thinking a lot about this. Is it the game when you give tell us how you lost all the bets to me? <laughs> Is it that game? 
I think it's going to end up being a pretty even split on okay, the bets, but we'll right. find out. We'll find out. I probably will lose more. I just was wishful thinking. Last man. time we checked, you were losing all of them, I believe. Yes, Maybe all true. I've had a little bit of a comeback. Yes, you have. But that's not what this show's about. On this show, we will take a look at who you should captain for Game Week 37. The captain's pick is so important in Fantasy Premier League. So as you are trying to win your mini league, we will help you with that at the end of the show. Before that, we've got a game that, uh, Dave, you're going to lead for us called Should You Own? Yes. Transfer in whatever language you want to use. We're going to go with own. Should you own? And Dave's going to lead that for us. We've got plenty to cover. Everything you need as we bridge game weeks 36 and 37 in the Premier League. Are we ready to do this? Let's get on to what we're doing. Let's start with who's not in the game week 36 dream team. There is not a single citizen in the Game Week 36 stream team. However, I don't think they will mind because of the Burnley nil City 1 result. Points to points, Scott. They got three, and that's all they care about. Absolutely true. Sergio Aguero did score nine points in your fantasy lineup if you still have him. He scored nine points for me. Yeah, me mm-hmm. too. Uh, Kyle Walker and uh, Americ Laporte did as well, but I'm not sure you're owning either of those guys. Maybe, maybe Laporte. I think Laporte is still pretty... Popular. Yeah. If anyone's owning Kyle Walker, then you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Although he's looked like he's wanted to be out there lately. Okay. Ederson, yeah. Ederson and company scored six each, and so Ederson owners rejoice. Yeah, I feel like it's a surprise. Uh, it's a surprise that they're not in the team, but this match, you know, as things tighten up, I feel like I know plenty of the NBC sports pundits here were kind of predicting this, and I'm sure plenty of other people were too, predicting this to be a, a pretty tight match just because Burnley, Burnley's up for it, man. Yep. I think what's wild is, is it felt like City's defense for a while was had been unreliable, but in their last seven matches, they'd only given up one goal, and that was to Crystal, Crystal Palace. Palace. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, that's actually pretty good. Well, they were. I mean, they were leaky, and I don't. I felt like even going into this match, I, my I my feeling was, I don't know if I trust any defense, any any defense at all except Liverpool's. Right, I agree. And I, I I'll gladly admit how wrong I was about Everton later. Well, but Manchester City is yeah, is exactly yeah. Manchester City's been it's been true. tight. And I'm know? someone who. I went from Allison to Ederson during the double game weeks. Yep. I haven't been able to go back. I've got too much other stuff to fix. Yeah. Story of my season. But uh, I'm okay keeping Ederson at this point, given the points that, that he's earned. Yeah. And to City's credit, maybe to Pep's credit, it's not like it's been the same back four every match either. He's tightened things up, but he's done it with some changes back there. Zinchenko, Zinchenko has played a lot of matches. In fact, if someone would have brought in Zinchenko seven weeks ago... Because I'm sure he is very cheap. But he's a midfielder. And that's the only issue there. He's actually listed oh, as a midfielder. Oh, I didn't realize but that. But he's been playing stupid, back. Stupid me. <laughs> that's all Look good. at that. Yeah, but, but Zinchenko is one who's come in and played back there. And in real life soccer, real life football, he's he's been helpful to them. Uh, you know, Mendy did, did play some matches. He was back there a little bit. Um, you know, John Stones has been in and out of the lineup. Company's been in and out. Danilo's played a couple of matches. It, they've done it with different guys, which is not something that you usually see. Usually you see the same four, yeah. and that stability has helped. But 
You mentioned Liverpool's defense. Yeah, man. They did show up in a big way in the Dream Team. That's what happens when you host Huddersfield. 5-0 the result. Four Reds are in the Dream Team. It's a Liverpool fantasy bonanza. I'll take it. Dave, the highest scorer of dream of the Dream Team for the entire game week was Mohamed Salah. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I said like that was going to be tough to predict. Oh, well, look at Mohamed Salah scoring 19 fantasy points well, against Huddersfield. Well, Dave, I'm pretty I mean, sure that... you doubted he would do it back when you owned him between now, between then and the end of the season. Here we are. He did it when he needed to. That was the question. I mean, weeks and weeks ago, I mean, his his... Uh, his cost did not make him worth it, and I, he had so many matches in a row. What was it, five or six with no returns? It just didn't make it. Didn't make sense when Sadio Mane is outperforming him almost every week, and now that he's, uh, I mean, this I mean, feels like old form. Like this feels like forty goal season form. Even Salah. this week, though, even this week, Mane still had two goals. We so could add it, more. They could have scored ten. I mean, it, it, Mane missed the open goal header. He easily could have had a hat trick. You could at least one say that Scott was right about yeah, Brian. Just yeah, about, thank you, Brian. About yeah, Dave. About Salah. No. About Salah being able to find it again. And Salah's last five: five, six, eight, six, nineteen. He's been outstanding. I don't care how expensive he is. You are not upset with those with those scores with those points. Forty four <laughs> points in the last five minutes. He's still the second most owned midfielder, Dave. But I assume that's ownership from the four million dead teams. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly right. Um. But no, I mean, hey, look, you probably weren't mad if you've had him uh, and Mane. I mean, I know we advised that weeks and weeks ago. None of us are actually doing that, but it it would have been a decent strategy here, especially in this match. So yeah, Sadio um, Mane scored thirteen. He was in the dream team uh, this game week as well. The best takeaway for me from this match is that Mane and Salah. 100% will not be helping each other at any point no. in the last two Ryan, tell me about a little bit about that because <laughs> it was just... painfully obvious, right? <laughs> it's amazing because last season, Mane to Salah was the second best. It was sec- They were second. That was the second in the like league in assist-to-scorer combo with they Ma- like, Mane they to like Salah. Passing to each other. This season, not as good. <laughs> well, uh, it's because Mane actually could win the golden boot. Yeah, the... the it's that death stare that both of them give whenever one of them is open somewhere and and they don't try to at least get it there. Yeah. yeah. Mane was if Mane was uh he was they all I would there be way week. more scared of Mane's death stare. Oh my goodness, he was I mean anytime when Jordan Henderson f- f- there was that loose ball kind of bouncing in the front and Jordan Henderson was the one that got to it just ahead of Mane and he kicked it into like row ZZ, you know. <laughs> Mane, it would. If I think he would have just, if he could have, he would have just snapped Jordan Henderson's yeah. leg and he would have right va- yeah. Darth Vader. Oh him. yeah, definitely. This is not Force a Star choked Wars him right podcast. straight to the right straight to the uh, to the to the dressing room. Sure. Yeah. There were two Liverpool defenders who made the dream team, and I know that having watched the NBC broadcast here in the United States, our our pundits were raving about these two guys, Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold. Their service on some mm-hmm. of these goals were it was it was outstanding. Robertson with 14 points, Alexander Arnold with 10. Dave, tell tell the tell tell America and the world who you captained this week. Andy Robertson. That's some congratulations, Dave. Andy you captain you captain Andy Robertson. Yes, I have balls of steel. Andy Robertson, <laughs> congratulations. Let's you are the, the first fantasy player ever in the history of the Premier League to what? score over 200 points. Is this true? 
This is fact. It's amazing. Congratulations to you, Andy Robertson. As Brian said all year, I have started the year with Andy Robertson, and he'll be the only player that will finish the year on my yeah. team. Not Which we, Andy listeners Robertson. of this podcast, will confirm. We have said that consistently all year. We have never once recommended you transfer out Andy Robertson. Not since July. That was the <laughs> yeah. promise. The, from the second, preview. For, honestly, from the second the se- from the second the teams were available for selection That's right. in the preseason, yeah, the one player I could never get rid of, no matter how I remade my team, no matter what wild card I was using, didn't matter. Andy Robertson was the one guy that I was like, nah, can't, can't no. do it, no. and it's paid off. Yeah, two hundred and six points overall. The only season. bad thing is you have to. I mean, having three of any is not bad. Uh, I love Allison's clean sheets, but it's just now now that I'm locked in, that's a decision I may, you know, I probably would remake if I was going to go back in time and do it all over again. But um no, I was even thinking this week going into going into the match on Friday that I just didn't really think I trusted any other defense. Yeah. For the last two or three matches, especially this, you know, this this week and next week. Um week 38 is always such a toss up, that's why, but no, I mean, Brian, you know who you should trust, even though it might not look like you should trust, because we all should have been trusting them a long time ago. Leeds United. Who? Everton. Football. Yeah, Everton. Well, I was going to say, I, I'll happily talk about how I was wrong about Everton's defense later on, but Manchester City's been, I mean, they've tightened way up. You know, I think, you know, the last however many weeks, you know, it's a lot of uh, clean sheets, just that. What do we in the previous version of this podcast, David? <laughs> right. said uh, was, just that one goal they conceded against Crystal Palace in the, in like last, the last six, six or seven weeks. Yeah. yeah so, but, but before that, we had talked about they went, they were leaky. You said it in yep. the previous version of this. They were, they were very leaky. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to have anything to do with them. And now I feel like you have, you know, definitely those two. They're just so. I mean, it's just so dominant, and it's, they're just not giving anybody any real chances. So um, they can be had. On a, they can be had on a counterattack here and there, but who's going to do that to them? Who's going to do that to Manchester City? Is it going to be Brighton? Week, week thirty-eight, they're going to get. Is it going to? No, no. Carlin, if, Carlin if Grant's going to. Carlin Grant's going to continue to to be a thorn in my side this season. Doesn't He's going to nick a goal. Huddersfield. Oh yeah, that's true. But Dunker Duffy, they're thorns for you. Yeah. Florin, no, Lester, Florin Andoni. Yeah, yeah. Leicester in thirty-seven, right? So I mean, that's the obvious. Last bump in the road, you would you would say for for yeah. City. No, they're for gonna, sure. I will say though, as if a Liverpool, they're going to give Liverpool a chance to catch them, it's going to be there. And I would say, as a Liverpool fan, the last thing I wanted to see was Leicester three, Arsenal nil. Now I don't know that they're going to duplicate that against Manchester City on the road. Well, our, Arsenal helped them out. Listen, that was a. We'll get to that. We'll he, get to that. He, here's the thing, though, about Leicester, man. They got some players. Obviously, we know what Vardy can do. Vardy loves to score against the top six club, right? Yeah. And Madison and Tielemans are as they can play on a top six club. Harvey they Barnes are great, and Barnes is, is great as well. Coming. You yeah. got Ricardo and, Pereira, and McGuire. Per, yeah, Pereira, Pereira, and Harry so well on either side. Yeah, and I love Michael's a good goalkeeper. So Lester is a Ben good Chilwell squad. is Brian's favorite player in the league. Love. I think uh, Wilfred and Didi can hold in the midfield. I, I was watching this match. We're recording this on Sunday nights. So I was watching this earlier this morning. The Leicester Arsenal match. Leicester yeah. Arsenal, and I was impressed with the players yeah. Leicester can put out. They on the have pitch. a good squad. Tamari Gray off the bench. Yeah. yeah, they do. They have the uh, capacity, the ability, with the right management, 
to be a seventh place at worst Premier League club for the foreseeable yeah. future. Let's talk about Leicester briefly uh, because they do have a couple of players in the dream team. We mentioned Ricardo Pereira. He was in the defense with 10 fantasy points, and Jamie Vardy cracked the forward line with 13. Listen, I want to talk about more about this later, but this the, the, the least I'll say about it is this is exactly why the making decisions based on the color-coded matchup raider for FPL is dumb. Worthless, worthless at this point. So I would just like to say that about this match. I, I mean, look, they were playing Arsenal at home, and anybody who was rushing to sell uh, a, a Leicester attacking assets after what they did... Uh, after what they did the last few weeks, and after what Wolves just did to Arsenal two weeks ago, right? That that to me was the dead giveaway. It wasn't even this two is weeks ago. It might be two games. Two ago. games ago. That's what I mean. But yeah. no, I I mean this is this was a this was a really good performance for them. Yuri Tielemans did not crack the dream team, but I want to I want he to talk should to, have. I want to talk to I want to talk about him for a minute. So he began playing for Leicester in game week twenty six. Can I just give you his scores between game weeks 26 and 36? It's filthy. One, two, and then it begins. Five, five, nine, five, seven, nine. Then there was a one, five, nine. Yeah. Not, uh, there's been one down week since his third match in the Premier League. Is, is Issa Diop still on the Dream Team? Can, can Telemans replace him? Uh, 100%. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, but the answer is no. Job is not on the Dream Team. Oh, okay. Uh, but Tielemans is there. Like, and that just adds to what we talked about with the, the quality of Leicester. Now, Leicester has a brutal stretch in the season. Yeah, well, we can talk about that in the should you own. Yes, at Correct. City and then hosting Chelsea. Tielemans is a stud. It, they loaned him from Monaco. I was going to say, hopefully they can hopefully they can make that permanent. I think There's going to be a lot of other clubs. I would love to see him land... In at a, Leicester, in an Arsenal dream. and oh, stop. and if the hey, listen. absolutely, what? Why not? Well, What's sure, but like I want kid? him at Leicester. Screw that. The league is better when the Screw league Lester. is deeper. Hey, Screw look, Leicester Ars- says the guy whose club lost three nil to Leicester. Arsenal is already going to take Ryan Fraser from a really good team that could <laughs> really true. use him. So let's let's keep it's other good players where they belong. Now, and Dave, Ben Chilwell, whether or not he stays, is going to be a that'll gonna, be a miracle. It's be an interesting offseason. There's some Leicester. good players in the league that might end up changing. Dave, since we're talking about this match, I'd like you to give us your Arsenal moment. This is the time of the podcast we reserve for you to be able to talk about your squad because if we don't give you a time to do that, you're going to dominate everything else about this podcast Listen, about your squad. If there's any ever a time that I don't want to talk about Arsenal, it's probably right now. I want to ask you a question about your club. Do you want me to ask you now or do you want me to wait till you're done? Wait till I'm done. All right. <clears throat> I'll be in a worse mood then, and I'll probably have an even more sad answer. Dave, <laughs> can I say one other thing right before you start? Sure. Cry. I really, f- I feel like the, this Arsenal moment should just be you making the hand gestures and facial expressions that Unai Emery makes during a match. <laughs> yeah. That way, no one would have to hear you talk about it, and everyone could just imagine you trying to imitate what like a oily possum looks like <laughs> when it has indigestion. <laughs> Go ahead with your Arsenal. Moment. Well said. Dear Arsenal, you've been on my mind a lot, really, like like every day. I'm very concerned, very, very concerned. Things at the club were so good for so long this season. Top four seemed to 
all be but guaranteed. And there is even a legitimate title challenge for Europa League. But now, now seem to be dark days. Have the boys given up? Has Emery forgotten how to manage? What's going on? Is it over? What do the fans have left to hope for? You have five games left to prove that the last three results don't represent what you are. Five. It's optimistic. Make it happen. We want you to stay. <laughs> we want you to stay. Dave. Yes. Why? Emery. We want you to stay. <laughs> I want Emery to stay. On July 28th. Yes. Before the season started. Mm-hmm. If I had told you that on April 28th, your club would be fifth place, mathematically still able to get top four, and you'd be in the Europa semifinals, would you have taken it? Yes. Yeah. I would have expected So that. shut up already. I would have expected <laughs> Come that. on, man. This has been a good season for Arsenal. Scott, we just lost three <laughs> games in a row. <laughs> I don't care. You still have a chance to make it into the top four, and you still have a chance to win the Europa League. A pretty legitimate chance, and if I may say so. And you're so. doing it with a back line that is made up of four high school girls. Oh. It's true. It's true. And Lucas Torreira, who looks like he wants to fight everyone, but knows he's going to lose it as soon as the fight starts. Do you know what Dave would call Lucas Torreira if he was on an, on any other team, especially when he hated? Yeah. He would call Torreira a flopping hoe bag. <laughs> I promise you, he would he would be right. raving so hard about how soft that guy. The yeah. way he falls over, he's little, so he exaggerates everything. Everything is like murder. Every elbow hits him right in the eye socket. Yeah, that's true. I love how he's calling you out. Because well, if I was doing fair. it, you'd tell me I'm wrong. It's no. It's, it's just a, it's look, probably fair. There there are some guys you know. It, it's in every sport. If he's not on your team, you you would rather that he dies in a car accident. It's true. If he's on your team, you're like, yes, this guy. No, is it's our guy. it's like it's every guy. There's every every team's got a guy like that. he's a, <laughs> but he's our. <laughs> yes, that's one hundred percent. Listen, Torreira has recently seemed to show himself to when he gets bumped to exaggerate a lot. Mm. I'll give you that. But I I want that kid on the I want that kid on the yeah. On the I mean, field. he's a difference maker. He is and. Arsenal really hurts when he's not on the field. Dave, do you feel like Emery's antics are also, are they exaggerated too? Oh, no, no. I'm going to answer this for you. Okay. All right, because I like his manager more than he does. Okay. All right, so I'm going to answer this. Whoa, 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 I like the manager. No, I like him on the whole. I just have been confused with some of his, his starting lineups. Okay. This, this week in particular, Unai Emery was like that basketball coach that wants to get a technical foul called on him so that he can spur his team yeah. on. That's okay. what he was doing. That's probably fair. Yeah, that's good. That's, I, lo- that's I love how many times that we can go to basketball. That's my favorite thing about this podcast. We are a, a This is football. not a basketball podcast. We are a soccer slash football podcast, but we, we draw from other sports pretty frequently. Somehow, Southampton and Bournemouth played a six-goal match. Yes. And only one player made the dream team for the game week. It was a that was the best match of the Saturday by sure. far. And it happened to be the one that I was watching. So I was pumped about that. Callum yeah. Wilson joins Jamie Vardy up front with sixteen 
fantasy points. Nothing has been more true this season than Callum Wilson on the road and Josh King at home. Weird. Is that the is that the reality? Nine yes. of Josh King's eleven goals scored at home. Nine of Callum Wilson's fourteen goals scored on the road. Huh. You can't you can't you can't do anything with that. There's nothing you can do with you it. You can own both of them and just start them on home and aways. That would be something. Why would you, you do that? That is something you, you could, could do. Do that, Scott. Um, listen. I don't know. Real quick, fantasy. Add their scores together, and you have a hell of a striker. <laughs> yeah, it spurs right back. So you're using two slots <laughs> to get it. It spurs right back from last season. That's true. Listen, uh, Callum Wilson is the third, as of a little bit ago, is the third most transferred in player in FPL. I get it. Caution, uh, <laughs> Bournemouth hasn't won at home since 4-0 against Chelsea in week 24. And and I would say caution, to, to piggyback on that, Callum Wilson has not had one good scoring game on the back of another all year. It's true. Plus the form in the last two at home, I mean, I don't know what confidence you can have of them playing Tottenham at home next week. But don't you like him in 38 against Well, that's exactly it. So they'll be they'll be facing, you know, it's much more capable competition this coming weekend against Tottenham than it was against Fulham or Burnley who smacked him around at you know, at home. Right. And Callum Wilson hasn't scored hasn't scored at home since before his injury. So he's and it's not a ton of matches in there. I know that's only a handful of matches that he's played at home since that, but that's week twenty three against West Ham is his last scoring returns at home. I so, say make him your free transfer in thirty eight. Listen, I yeah, week thirty eight is that is that is like permanent analysis going into week thirty seven and thirty eight if you're looking ahead. Week thirty eight is such a toss up. There I mean that always, a a always. it's almost always a goal fest, and B it you have no idea. There is no possible way that you can predict what's going to happen that week. So I would I would edge toward goals. Yeah, is what I would do. Agreed. Scoring defenders, scoring yeah. midfielders, absolutely. Somehow, two cottagers made their way into the drinking team, and neither of them are named Ryan Babel. Hmm. How is that even possible? Well, Cyrus Christie scores eleven in defense. And if Allison and Ederson aren't your dream team goalkeepers, who who possibly could be? Freaking Sergio Rico. Eleven points for That's amazing. So stupid. Um, Fulham, but, but still, Fulham are a force. Fulham deserve to be up more than Brighton. I agree. I, I agree with that. No, on no, what basis? No club makes me more angry than Brighton than Brighton right now. You're, the, you're just talking about style. No, I'm talking about Fulham. <laughs> I'm talking about Fulham. Is good, and Brighton can die. <laughs> no, see, I, I need, I need, I need real words here, Brian. Oh, um, well, right now, see. what I'm thinking is, you're just not liking the way that Brian Brighton are playing defensively. No, I hate it. Um, no, look, Fulham put themselves in the position they're in. Fulham should not be in this position. We've already talked about this. The amount of money that they've spent. Yeah, I think the the quality of 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 their top players, they should not be in this position. Well, Sarri's been a bust all season, and Sherla hasn't played in weeks. Sherla is Sherla had a great start. Sarri had his moments. Mitrovic was almost an essential guy the first ten weeks of the season. It's yeah. just they dropped off so hard and so fast. Two managers, and 
What are you going to do? Well, th- they I mean, just needed three, to get relegated, man. and then they'd be fine. <laughs> right. To go, you mean to go back where they belong? No, I just mean that the pressure of trying to stay up got to them. Once that pressure was gone, they've been performing. Yeah, they are, and they've been an absolute wild card here ever since they've been uh, relegated. You are exactly right. There was this question that was asked to us by one of our uh, loyal All Star listeners uh, in our Slack workspace. His question was: Yuri Telemans or Ryan Babel? Mm-hmm. I don't know that any of the three of us chimed in much on that question when it was asked. So let's answer it here. I did. Did you? Well, yeah. thank you for doing our work for us. Yeah. But uh, what what was the answer, Dave? I believe. Well, I currently own Telemans. I said I think if given a, I was surprised at how difficult the answer was for me to try to come up with. I mean, it was easy for me a little bit because I I was already a Telemans owner. But I don't love Telemans this week against City. Yeah. And I don't love Telemans in the last week against Chelsea, although I'm not too, I, you know, I'm not as much concerned about that. Yeah. But Babel, for the next couple of weeks, has decent matchups. Well, do you, are you, I guess Fulham could get a goal at Wolves. Are you counting on oh, that? Oh, sure they could. Which wolves will show up? Well, whoa, 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 I'm whoa, saying whoa, they're whoa, playing whoa, at... Whoa, 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 What do you mean, which wolves? Only the good wolves have showed up over the last, like, four or five weeks. Yeah. What, and, what and, wolves and, are and you wolves, in And wolves at home is different. Wolves at home has been very good. <laughs> Fulham's at wolves and home to Newcastle. Yeah. And wolves season, at Southampton again. in game week 34, that, they weren't great. No, that was terrible. That's the wolves that occasionally will show up, and you're just like, "Whoa, where is this coming?" That's happened about five times this season. Not enough to keep them, you know, from being, uh, you know, a capable seventh place club. But there've been about five matches this season. You're just like, "What is this team?" Yeah. And that's my concern now with two weeks left to go. What what wolves will show up? You would expect them to perform. They could win five nil against Fulham, or they could lose one nil. You just don't know. Now, I've got Doherty. I've kept him for ever and a day, even though it hasn't really paid off very much besides one week, game week 35 yep. uh, lately. But you just don't know. Now, should you own your Wolves? Yes, go ahead and own them. I'm just saying don't be shocked if they lose that match against Fulham 1-0 and Ryan Babel scores the, the only goal in the game again. They, I mean, they're still close enough. I mean, just since they were both promoted, they, I'm sure they, I mean... That's that, that's the closest thing. I mean, Cardiff Wolves, Cardiff Cardiff Fulham. I mean, those three. I mean, they have the closest history here with each other. So, yeah, it was it one? I think it was one one the last time they played. Can you confirm that for me? I I have a feeling that that was what it was. Yeah, Ryan Babel's cheaper. He's uh, five point five pound dollars mm-hmm. uh, compared to Tielemans. You know, six point or six point one. Whenever you whenever yeah. you got him. That's. I mean, that was the issue for me weeks ago with Telemans was that he was just a little bit pricier than some of those other guys in that range. But he's been producing but, no, he's been, but it has, it's had nothing to do with capability or the feeling that he, you know, I mean, like, I think we talked about fresh legs, you know, he's coming in, he's, he needed a second to get acclimated and he's just, I mean, this is like, he's just rolling as soon yeah. as he's, you know, that he's got a chance. So no, I mean, the only concern really was, is there somebody better for that price? That, right. you, that you'd rather have, right? And uh, and now it's showing itself over the course of you know since he's really gotten his chance that he probably should have had Telemans this whole time. Mm. Yeah. Not to bounce around too much, but when we discussed the Southampton Bournemouth result, result, we only focused on the cherries. I do want to bring up a saint 
Yeah. While we were away, unbelievable. Shane Long, six, six, eight, and five, kind of out of nowhere here in his last four results. Their last two matches, the Saints, are at West Ham and hosting Huddersfield. Mm-hmm. However, Southampton just assured themselves of safety from relegation. Yeah. So, what do we make of Shane Long and any other Saints we're tempted by for these last two weeks? Shane what's, Long was wasteful in that game. What I was going to say, what's tough with Shane Long is that he was he was like the perfect amount of lucky and he was unlucky. Because, <laughs> I mean, he doesn't score the first goal unless it deflects off Ake. Right. It gets saved. It does get saved. But then how did he miss the second his second chance? I mean, that... Well, it's karma. It's tough. Karma. It's tough to miss the goal, Brian, when no one's in between you and the keeper uh, three yards out and you fi- figure out a way to hit the post. No, Scott, I... I would have the exact same concern, and it's and that is the bad part of it because the they have one of the best two week matchups of of anybody. Shane Long at four point six. If you if for whatever reason you needed money, you had some transfer stuff to do. Yeah, if he's going to keep starting, and even you know I don't love the minutes he's getting. I feel like the minutes are still not great. Um, they did start him and Ings up he, top. Yeah, he match. and Ings are starting together. I think that does... I mean, uh, if they're going to keep being attacking, if they're really going to keep going after more points, but yeah, I would Yeah, I would have that same concern. They're safe. And they acted safe. At the end of that match, I mean, was I, I couldn't tell. Were Saints fans kind of getting a little restless? Not quite booing, but a little bit like almost booing because they were just kind of kicking it to the corner. Char- Charlie Austin was obviously not trying. <laughs> I mean, they knew what... I all think they needed that, was one point. Yeah, they needed the point. They knew they needed one point, and all the, a lot of the fans hung around. The players stayed in the field to find out the result of the Cardiff match. Yeah. And then they kind of celebrated, like, fine. We, we yeah, and that's safe. exactly it. Like, that, to me, would make me nervous that it's like, all right, we did it. Right. Jo- mission accomplished, so... How much effort's going to be given the last couple weeks? I don't know. That's you a would tough expect one. a natural letdown. You would expect that. I would think that. Especially with the next match being away. We mentioned Wolves briefly. Watford won Wolves 2. Diogo Jota makes the Dream Team with 12 fantasy points after a Wolves win. And Dave, this is one bet that you are now assured of winning. Nine goals for Diogo Jota exceeds the 7.5 that we set the bet at at the start of the season. Uh, how does that feel? That plus these 12 fantasy points in game week 36. Feels great to win at least one bet. There you go. Um, he is, I think, if not the top transfer in, he is one of the top transfers He's had in. two good weeks in a row. And, two good match weeks. Uh, we can talk about it a little bit later because I know Dave will want to talk about him. He's kind of hazarding this season. Uh, at home, he's outstanding. Uh, the the big thing with, uh, with Jota so far this season is is 81 of Jota's 136 fantasy points this season have been scored at home. Huh. That's um, a lot. Not so great on the road. This past week, he bucked the trend. Uh, had a great match uh, this past week. But, you know, like we said, Wolves drew Fulham earlier in the season. Jota didn't play. So, Wolves playing at home. Uh, they, st- I mean, look, I... I feel like I would bet on them. If they're hosting performing Fulham, well, Jota in is the number one transfer. All of that makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, to me, this is not. I mean, that one is. You know, look, I don't, you hate things that seem too obvious, but you know, this to me is a really yeah. obvious one. 
There's only one player in the Dream Team left to discuss, and then there's a few other storylines I want to bring up briefly. The last player to mention is Marcus Alonso. Thanks to David De Gea's howler, yeah, Alonso scores 10 fantasy points. The result here was United 1, Chelsea 1. If anybody that's listening to this still owns Marcus Alonso, you deserve the candy bar of your choice mailed to your home address in a, in a nice freezer pack to ensure freshness. But Brian... He's the fifth highest scoring defender. Yeah, that's how did that happen? He stock he stockpiled in the first so twenty crazy. weeks, and then has just disappeared, and has probably benefited here and there from clean sheets when he didn't deserve anything. Yes, yes, he has. He deserves nothing. Is he the stereo? Is he the classic case though? Of someone you put in your fantasy lineup and you keep them in all season long, regardless of what happens from week to week, because at the end of the season, you're going to get 150 points anyway. What's fascinating is there was at least seven games where he did not play. Yeah, he he lost Think his about spot. That. Not only, I mean... Uh, Emerson, it, right? Yeah, Emerson's there. Emerson played well in, you know, he was their cup match guy. He was getting the starts elsewhere, and Chelsea fans were getting restless because Marcus Alonso's terrible, and he's <laughs> and he's the luckiest guy this season, other than Brighton players. He's the luckiest guy this season to have lasted as many matches as he did. There are so many times where he should he should have gotten two yellows. We we've talked huh. about this all season long, and to benefit from this, I mean, this is like the weirdest reverse karma Ult- that I've ever seen. Ultimate eye roll. It's terrible. Just to put the uh, icing on the cake, the last seven game weeks, here are his scores. 0, 0, 5, 0, 0, 0, 10. Yeah. Fifth highest score defender. Amazing. All right, let's discuss a couple other things. Uh, first things first, we've mentioned this already, but Everton's defense. Oh. I know they didn't show up in the Dream Team, but uh, they drew with Crystal Palace in this game week. Nil-nil was the final score. And once again, I am happy I have not gotten around to transferring out Luca Dina. I was wrong on this one. I thought they had outlasted their usefulness, and I was wrong. I thought the matchups were against them, but for whatever reason, they just have hit their stride. They have way more chances here. I mean, either team probably could have walked away with this one in this kind of match, so you're, you know... Patrick Van Onholt's funny because he just said, well, at the very least, fantasy players are happy about this result. It's true. Um, but he yeah, gets it. I mean, he gets it more oh, than Oh, yeah, most, he totally gets it. Yeah. yeah, they are, I mean, they just, they have tightened up the same way that uh, that City have for uh, inexplicably. Like a, a team that for a while there was just absolutely not. You can't trust it at all. Dina had that hot streak of, of offensive returns but but not not defensively it was there was no way you were risking them getting clean sheets brian since week 28 i don't know about this dave match week 28 yeah seamus coleman 11 6 0 he did not play 8 11 6 1 that was a full match that's gonna be the one blip on pickford dina coleman all of them yeah seven six and that's the match that you would have looked at and said, like, that's the one I like. Exactly. Dina, 5, 7, 4, 6, 6, 8, 1, 14, 8. Yeah, you've Pickford, been great. Pickford, 6, 7, 9, 6, 7, 2, 6, 6. Dumb. Are you kidding me? Well, and then this week, like, look, you like them at home against Burnley. 
However, both Everton and Burnley are both pretty equal in terms of set-piece goals for and against. Everton is second best in the Premier League in set-piece goals scored with 15, and they've conceded the fifth most. They've conceded 14 goals. Burnley is right there with them. They've scored 14, and they've conceded 13 on set pieces. So are both of them going to score on a set piece? I'll bet they do. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like I, this is the kind of week where you know it, it, yeah, but, is is Burnley going to go to Everton this week and Chris Wood's going to score a header? I mean, at this point, it's like a fifty-fifty. At the start of the season, Seamus Coleman was more expensive. Dina is now a tenth higher than Coleman. Yeah, Dave went back to game week twenty-eight. So while he was talking just now, I did some quick math. Dina has ta- actually scored three more points total since game week twenty-eight. Yeah, than Seamus Coleman has. Dini is one that I've had. Sadly, most of those points have been on my bench because I've not expected this to continue. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I, I also own Aaron Juan Bissaka still, and uh-huh. I had him on my bench in this match. <laughs> Good job. So his nine is on my bench. Dini's whatever six, eight. What did yeah, he get here? Yeah, I think he said eight. Uh, his eight were actually in my squad. But anyway, that was fascinating. Yeah, and you're like I said, you're you like him. If you're gonna like him, you're gonna like him at home against Burnley. You're not yeah. going to like them at Tottenham to Maybe. end the season. You never know. If yeah. Spurs are assured of top four and they're... And they're you know, tired. And they're coming out of the Champions League right. semifinals. Yeah, absolutely. You never know. It's all very situational at this yeah. point. I'm going to go ahead and give out the Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week award here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give it to Glenn Murray. Now, I know his miss at the end of the Brighton match this week wasn't the most egregious miss of the weekend. But considering the final score in this one was Brighton 1, Newcastle 1, and Brighton could not virtually assure themselves of safety from relegation, this miss could end up being one of the most wasteful in terms of dollar signs that you'll ever see. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Uh, this is the reason why I was going to say not that it shouldn't go to Glenn Murray, because I'm completely happy to give awards that represent badness to people from Brighton. <laughs> I'm more concerned at, are you sure that you don't think Sean Morrison should win it? Maybe, a, maybe if not an equal award, somehow just, just one, one step less. Is there one step down from this? Because Sean Morrison had an unchallenged header for the most part. And this is two weeks in a row. Yeah, because last week he missed. He that missed Sean a Morrison had, had open headers that could have been the difference Potentially in their season. Oh, and, yeah. Again, Scott, the them. dollar amount yeah. wasteful we're talking about. And here. that's the reason why I think if the way if it holds, Sean Morrison should be our wasteful, wasteful player, player of, of the, the year. year. Wow. I mean, watching him go to get a header last week and missing it with his head and hitting it with the back of his neck, that's the kind of thing that I fear <laughs> I would do in a rec league match. And he did it on the Premier League stage. How many goals has Sean Morrison scored this year? Maybe two. Scott? Uh, I would guess more. I'd guess more like four. Okay. He has scored one. Uh-huh. And it was three weeks ago in the Brighton match. Wow. Huh. Uh, I think that was one of the things. That, That's true. That of of That's the surprising. anticipated things going into this season. That the partnership of Sean Morrison and... Um, Bamba. And Soul Bamba, 
had the potential like that was one of their that was one of their hallmarks in coming up from the championship was how good they were defending set pieces putting in goals on set pieces that that felt like something that could be a staple for them and not only did they not get that sean morrison has one goal for the entire season and he misses wide open headers in consecutive weeks that could have been the difference in their season uh yeah i am totally happy to uh let, if, let's just hope i hope for their sake they do not go back down however it doesn't seem likely that they'll stay up sticking with the brighton newcastle match and now it's time for scott's stat of the day i want to give out scott's stat of the day and it is the number seven seven brighton newcastle match the number of uh tattoos that kennedy has on his arm new new tattoos yeah the number of it's the number of of fouls brighton committed in the penalty area on newcastle players that went uncalled oh i like brian's better yeah but both are probably true but no that's the number of goals i uh, perez has scored in the last seven matches hey dave who'd you have in your squad this week ring around iozzi nice job oh yeah i think that's an episode name it was because yeah. he did this la- this time last year, and I think the year before that. Yeah, April and May is his time of the season. Man, he and uh, who's the Connor guy? Wickham? Yes, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Too bad he had his ankle yeah, lower well, leg obliterated and had to leave in thirty minutes, or I else know. it could have been it should have been a different result here. Horribly disappointing for me as I was scraping uh, for yeah. fantasy points. Whatever. He still scored seven. Sure. No, he got seven. Yeah, but uh, listen, but I had a lot of late fantasy points show up this week, with <laughs> along with Telemans and Vardy and Aguero and and Sterling and and then he was late in that match. So like my fantasy score was looking pretty dreary huh. for a long time. It ended up being okay. One last thing to discuss from the game week before we get to our uh, games and segments here at the end of our show. We mentioned Watford and Wolves. Dave, I want to give you the chance to uh, pat yourself on the back. Okay. I listened to our show following Game Week 34. It was just the two of you mm-hmm. discussing that leading into the double Game Week 35. And uh, you said, I'm going with Andre Gray. Yeah. And in the last two Game Weeks, he's put up 11 and 8. And where is he in your in your team, Dave? Well, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, he's not in your lineup after no, all of that no, hold on a second the guys in my lineup this week were aguero perez and vardy and they did okay, okay. so all right you know last week but I, I mean i don't think they did andre gray okay 19 points in the last two weeks no that's good that's since good. since you touted him as an option I, I touted him as a good option going forward. You nailed this one. Uh, that never happens. Yeah, I know. And you did it here. Yeah. Look, it was kind of going out on a limb there, too, right? I mean, that's kind of I know. on the surface. I kind listened. of a foolish thing. I listened to the show, and I said, oh, man, I'm remembering that one. <laughs> I am totally remembering that one. Hey, you This know one's going to come back to haunt him. 19 points in two matches. You, you know what they say about that blind squirrel. Even the, even the blind squirrel finds it. You know what the nuts. Andre Gray score makes me think of is how no brainer straight into my lineup Troy Deeney was about was to be before the red card and and the fact because that, that's what spurred it Scott yeah, it's yeah true. the fact that he is missing all of this yeah. I mean I feel like those are 
a lot his returns here. Yeah. But. Before someone listening to this corrects me on social media, I said the last two matches. What I mean is the last two game weeks. Right. Three right. matches. That's correct. All right. Before we get into our three segments to end the show, I want to uh, make sure that we hear a word from this week's sponsor. Great. Hello? I'm Nuno Espirito Santo, manager of Wolverhampton Wanderers. Nice. And I'm Nathan Redmond of Southampton. Holy cow. We're here together to tell you about Ancestry.com. If you visit Ancestry.com, you can trace your family tree back for generations to get a better understanding of your genealogy. There's also Ancestry DNA, which connects you with precise geographic detail and clear-cut historical insights to the places in the world where your story started. There are many paths to finding your family story. Whichever way you choose, tracing your family generations back with the family tree or uncovering your ethnicity with Ancestry DNA, they will help you. To learn more, visit Ancestry.com. Fascinating. It's amazing. That I love that, that they did the spot this week, and I am fascinated by how much those two guys are like carbon copies. Like, Honestly, you can't tell me. Are you me, saying they look alike? You cannot tell me that cloning doesn't exist. Ancestry, Dad? Get your, <laughs> no, get it's your, a clone. <laughs> hey, get yourself Ancestry DNA and get your, get your information into the Interpol database. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Get, only, only do Ancestry DNA if you've never committed a felony or, before. Or plan on not doing that. You're right. <laughs> All right, I want to ask you guys about the four English clubs that are still in European competition yeah, man. at this stage of the game. We're in the end of the month of April, and there are four, year, uh, four English clubs still in European play. Let's start with the Europa League clubs first. And the question I want to ask about these clubs, all four of them, one at a time, is whether or not their presence in either the Europa League or the Champions League is going to affect their attractiveness for you in FPL. Let's start with Chelsea. Okay. They haven't been all that attractive in FPL anyway. Does their presence in Europa League only magnify that? Hazard's been attractive. The only thing about it, and I was going to say with him, the only thing that has been attractive about them being in Europa League is that his minutes are being managed, and they haven't had to use him in- to... to- ensure victories here they've been able to kind of get through with him either sitting sitting out a leg or playing limited minutes so yeah that's the one thing especially going into this week if this he ends a- up if he plays you know if he plays a full match i think that you know it's only a few days between you know i think it's three days between their europa league match and yeah the, and the league match but um that would be but the one thing i agree i if hazard's minutes are cut it will it could affect his points yeah, and I'm thinking about bringing him in this week. So yeah, like that's a big deal. That like, is a big deal. I, I will be watching. Will you still bring him in if he plays 90 minutes in the Europa League first leg match on Thursday? I will because it's they still haven't secured anything. I mean, them drawing. Did they draw? They they lost. They drew. They drew United. Yep. Yeah. Them drawing United today. Yeah. yeah. And then drawing Burnley their last match. Yeah. They're still fighting. It's almost as bad as Arsenal losing their last three in a row it's just like no one wants it well like, look if they, you're still if you're still if we're just talking about hazard sorry doesn't rotate much anyway yeah so hazard's probably going to play you're right so maybe it's not that big of a deal but fatigue could be an issue how do you feel about them playing eintracht i, I mean, feel okay about it if i'm sorry exactly i manage it. hazard's minutes in the 
Europa League more than I do in the Premier League, but I'm not Mauricio, sorry. The the other thing that is tough for them is uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi's Achilles injury. Yeah. Because he was getting in there A lot more, of minutes in Europa. Well, yeah, that, and I think, well, he was starting in, he was starting in Premier League. He was in there, yeah. and so now, I, William is probably going to be fine. Uh, they talked about it post-match today. Rudiger is the one who has the more concerning injury. Defensively, they're just going to probably roll the but, same but guys. You're not out having, but and and not, I think between Kovacic, Ross Barkley, Loftus Cheek, they have bodies to throw out there to kind of fill those attacking roles. Their issue is what to do with. I mean, Iguain and and. True. And Giroux are just Pedro are just terrible for them. And they yeah. talked about it today. I was glad they mentioned that that Iguain is slow, he and they really can't is. they cannot maximize the effectiveness of the. It's just slowing. It's slowing down whoever their wingers are. It's slowing down Hazard. It's slowing down Pedro or William or whoever else is out there. I and, dare say Giroux still faster and at moving, his age than and, and moving Hazard back to the false nine kind of neutralizes what he's best at anyway in his preferred position. So yeah. they're kind of in a tough spot. I, I mean, they're obviously still capable of, you know, of, of big things. But, yeah, the one thing would be if on Thursday it's like, oh, he picked up a knock in like the 85th minute, you know, then I might start to wonder. Yeah. How about Arsenal? The rotation has been heavy all year. You mentioned Emery and your frustration with his lineup choices. I think every fantasy owner of a Arsenal player at some point in the season has felt that as well. What do you do with Arsenal, given their presence in the Europa League? And, Dave, you have to answer this a lot, because this I feel like this, because of their matchups, because of what they have left, this is like... I feel like this is the, they have the potential to be league-changing, playing at home against Brighton next week. And do you trust anybody going into that match no i don't it's sad i don't, I don't trust anyone they, I, dave they've been better at home we've talked about this all season long arsenal at home has been great until crystal palace right so what's what, what do you what do you do it wouldn't surprise me if there was a uh some stern talking twos this week maybe maybe some refocusing on the fact that they've lost three in a row and they got to now get it back on track to to play a home match against Valencia, a team that's sixth in the table in La Liga. So, like, obviously they're a good team. They're, they're just not like they're they got a pushover. So you you this is your leg. This is a in Europa, and they're in it a competition to win a significant title. They they have to win that, and they have to win it, and then they got to kind of turn around and win on. On the next uh, on Sunday, like dude, hey, look seriously, and dude. I think they're gonna he, they're, they have no choice at this point to worry. They don't have to worry about rotation, but just play the best people they got. All they have to do is play Brighton and Burnley in the league, and they yeah, can if they I win was, both. I mean, they they're probably top four, probably, probably. probably. I agree, but they just lost three in a row. So I, every yeah. I'm questioning everything right now. Let's yeah, see. I don't trust Arsenal to win out the rest no. of the season. But I mean that just makes so you're, we've already said this. I've to me, sold all my Arsenal. Players. I was gonna say to me like I I don't understand any. I mean owning Arsenal defensive assets to me. If Never. you had Lino today, congratulations. 
But why would you even? It looked like free kick practice for Leicester for about a 10-minute stretch in the second half. Yeah. It was unreal. Lino's performances, he had a performance two weeks ago, too, when they lost, but he was spectacular. I mean, he was on, I feel like until the last goal went in, he, did he get bonus points? He was either, he was on track for bonus points despite conceding two goals. I'm not sure if he ended up with them anyway, but he kind of deserved them in that match. He was close. Vardy got three, Tielemans got one, and someone got two. Pereira. It was, but, it was Pereira. But Lino was up there. What yeah. I'm saying is, like, you're, you're not buying... You're not buying any. I mean, no. this, but this no. was this would be the week. But do you trust the rotation? What are they going to no. do with their guys? The, they have to play everyone. We've already said the midfielders are unownable. There is no one. Yeah. So that leaves Aubameyang and Lacazette. And are you even doing no. any? I mean, are you even no. messing with them? Nope. I sold Aubameyang. Not going back to an Arsenal. I would own Lacazette at home for Brighton. I think that's safe. But okay, I don't feel great about it. To the Champions League, Tottenham. They continue to struggle in the league. Now, most people look at the fact that they're drawn against Ajax in the Champions League semifinal and maybe feel like they're a pretty strong contender for making it to the Champions League final, but we're talking about the same Ajax who's beaten Real Madrid and Juventus. Yeah. So that's not a guarantee. Mauricio Pochettino admitted after their loss to West Ham this past weekend uh. that they're tired. So what do you do about Spurs in FPL for these last two matches? On the plus side for them... Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday is a pretty ideal spread for their matches. So they play Tuesday. Ajax first leg is Tuesday. Saturday, uh, Saturday at Bournemouth, which is very plus. Sure. And then again next Wednesday for leg two. The, the Spurs are in the same situation, I think, as Arsenal. For the most part, like Chelsea, as Liverpool and or City, you have to play your best teams It's right the now. reason why Son... Your best players. You have to play your best players. Even if Son's tired and he had probably he had some decent opportunities against West Ham, but nobody was very clinical for them, no. and they did look leggy. Look, I get Son's one of the big transfers out this week. I really don't know why. Uh, he's not going to play Tuesday. So he gets the full rest until Saturday if they're going to play him. And then even if he plays 90 minutes, he has Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. He's got three full days before second leg next or the you know, next Wednesday. So <laughs> he's too important for Spurs offensively. I really don't understand. I love your sell of how three days is so much rest. <laughs> no, it, I mean, look, we've said you know, 48 hours is minimum. Yeah. Like so that so forty eight hours of recovery is right. like on the low end, but but you know seventy two hours three days yeah. yeah three whole days he's um, fine. Look, going into that Bournemouth match, Spurs have outscored the Cherries nine to one in the yeah. last two matches. Do you know how many of those goals were Suns? Like four, four. Yeah, he's had two braces against them in the last two matches. Yeah. So wow. I do not understand the rush to sell Spurs assets, especially going into that Bournemouth match. I really don't. With that said, I only own Lucas Mora, and I've got lots of money in the bank, so I plan on selling him and moving up yeah. in the midfield with yep. that space. That that's my answer to that question. And then there's Liverpool, and I think we all are in agreement. There's there's three Reds to own, even though they're in the Champions League. Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday is tough. Is their spread less ideal, but it's still as you were. Uh, the the big one is Firmino. So still being assessed ahead of Barca round one here. Yeah. 
Uh, Klopp said it's kind of a small tear. Now, I know how much you hate ESPN and the ESPN yeah. uh, the ESPN FC anal- You're analysis. You're pointing at me, and that's true. Yes, I'll, Scott, I'll I'm pointing that. at you. I will vocally admit <laughs> that. But the, I know they questioned that. Stevie Nickel had Ooh, questioned that. Stevie Nickel. Whether or not Klopp is telling the truth, just saying like no manager wants to tell the truth if they don't if they're put on the spot they don't he doesn't ha- they have don't, to. They don't have to tell the truth. Yeah. So that's the question. He misses out here, and if he and since he used the word tear, there is no I I do agree with them there that if it is a tear, there is no such thing as a little tear. <laughs> like if it's a tear, yeah. it's going to take a while. But he keeps insisting, Firmino is a robot. He's you know. If he's more likely to be out there than not, do you care if Firmino's out here for the last, you know, maybe long, for the next two tears, matches? How long do tears take to repair? A few months? Weeks? Okay. Minimum? So if he can make it five more matches at most and then have three months to rest, I don't care. I don't care. He can tear, every, he can every, tear his whole groin out he, of his body can, for all I care. He can tear his groin out of his body. I I don't care if he can play great. With that said, I don't I don't know. I guess I'm in the minority, but the league matters more than Champions League uh, to me as a Liverpool fan. So I'd rather see if there's any question here. I'd rather see him rest at Barcelona and then come back in to play. Yeah, but your chances Newcastle. of winning if they get the league this at this point are much slimmer than your chances of winning the Champions League. But there's league. a chance. If they get smashed in leg one, yeah, do you just say screw it, get back in there? Shakiri's starting up top in leg two. Yeah, uh, come no. back, come back, Alberto no, Moreno. No. All is for, all is forgiven. You're hoping for an Istanbul like performance in leg two. That's what they're going to go for. Right. I I don't like it, but I mean they're they're sharing the load with two competitions right now, and that's just the way that it is. Okay. Uh, with that said, though, I unfortunately Firmino's in my lineup, and in, instead of Lucas Moura, it might have to be Firmino that comes out. All right, Dave, you gave us a list. Are you right if I run this game? You, uh, you, you rock it. All right, you gave me a list of players and said, should we own these guys? And so I'm going to go one by one through this, and we're going to let everybody know if they should own these players. We talked about these guys a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, and if there's anyone we want to add to this list, let me know at the end. But I'll I, start with the first. I do have others. Okay, so let's start with the first four that you named. Okay. Eden Hazard, Chelsea. Dave. His last five matches, 14, 16, 2, 7, and 2. Not last bad. Last two games, home to Watford at Leicester. Okay. Uh, Should I own Eden Hazard? This is by far, well, maybe not by far. I, I don't know yet. Can I... Give Ryan, you, can I give you Eden Hazard's home scores this season? Sure, sure, do that. 4, 11, 20, 10, 1, 4, 3, 6, 9, 2, 3, 5, 15, 1, 10, 14, 16, 7. Yeah. Those last four scores are home scores. Yeah. All of those scores are home scores. 10, 14, 16, and 7, and as you know, and here recently has been gigantic. Same thing as I said, Jota has been great at home. 141 of Hazard's 226 have been scored at home. Yeah, I want Hazard. I, so, I say he's an own. I'm great with him next week against Watford. Week 38 unpredictability is going to make him 
useful. And then uh, something I saw, I mean, uh, Fantasy Football Scout had talked about the top, you know, ownership of the top 10,000 owners. Top 10,000 owners, I think Hazard is only owned by like 8%, huh. something like that. Like compared to, say, Raul Jimenez, who's owned like 89%. Makes sense, both because of the money and the predictability. Right. So, uh, no, Hazard, I mean, yeah, next week it's it's a little bit different just because it's the last Chelsea home match and he's left out of the you know PFA team of the team of the year or whatever <laughs> with 16 sure. goals and 13 assists yeah and he's that, personally and, responsible for more goals than anyone else mentioned in the team and he got left off yeah so i mean i mean it could be his who knows his last match at stanford bridge who knows no it's true should you own jamie vardy of leicester dave no and he's i have owned him the last three or four weeks and i i will probably be selling him for jimenez possibly this week brian do you uh, agree why well, I'm still on record a few weeks ago that Vardy, Madison, and Telemans are all useful through the end of the season. Next week, I don't love it. I don't know that I would necessarily play him. Well, you're going to be surprised if he scores. Also fair. So uh, look, I had the I had the exact decision this week with Ben Chilwell, and I looked at it and I said, look, I kept him. I said I kept him on the basis of what Johnny and Matt Doherty did against Arsenal in game week 35. I'm selling Chilwell this week. I'm not I'm not saying own, you know, Pereira had a great match this week. You clean sheets all around for all Leicester defenders and Schmeichel, but no, I'm I don't want them in weeks 37 and 38. Telemans and Vardy, I think I might still be okay with it. Well, all right. So Telemans Brian says he's okay with Dave if Vardy is out is Telemans also out. Telemans is out. Just to be consistent. But I probably can't. I will get rid of one of them. You're going all in on a city result against Leicester. Yeah, I just, yeah, they have to have it. It's and they'll Monday be night, rested. It's at home. I Listen, I it won't surprise me. Leicester has the talent, as we've already said. Yeah. It won't surprise me if they do just fine in that matchup, and it's a 2-2 Can I tell you my result or something like that. That won't surprise Can me. Can I give you my prediction? What? 3-0 City. It's yeah. Monday night. It's built for this moment. For City, they have all week off. Like yeah, I you know. just said, I know they're going to be ready. They're at home. It's under the lights. They're they're going to win big. I, I Leicester just smashed Arsenal. I, and what I what I didn't understand. Look, so Vardy was sold by almost three hundred thousand people in the last two weeks. That's almost half of it. It was like a third of his ownership. It's close crazy. to half of his ownership. It's crazy. But I don't expect again. I don't expect him to do anything against. But it City. won't surprise you. But home in week thirty eight against Chelsea. Please, that's not. That's, there's, there's no. A Vardy that's goal not a there. red matchup. Yeah, there's a Vardy goal in there. He uh, scored the only goal in the fixture against Chelsea earlier in the season. He was the only goal scorer. They won one sure. nil. There's no, re- and that was at that was at Chelsea. Yeah, it's true. Chelsea probably is going to be playing for something in that match, though. That's that's the only thing. I'm not sure it matters, but that is the only thing there. Paul Pogba, no. Manchester United. No, you should not own him. I sold him before this week. Good, good yeah. for you. As did I. It, it was way overdue. I Although agree. we did benefit from those two penalty goals at uh, against West Ham. Yes, we did. Yeah. Uh, Pog was the fifth most transferred in for all midfielders. That what? is mind blowing. What? Pogba, Lukaku, what? and Shaw of Manchester United are all. I get why you might consider them. Uh, Even Pogba. <sighs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Explain how you would get that. Well, because he got back on everybody's. He got back in everybody's thoughts because he had a penalty brace against West Ham. Penalty brace is the key. He's done nothing from open play for months. No, he looks and he looks. Uh, he looks like he's going to Real Madrid. He looks disinterested. I'm not saying I would buy. I'm. I'm not buying him. I think United is the toughest one of all of this because they have the best matchups consecutively of anyone. Hasn't mattered a ton. I know. However. It seems like if it's going to matter, it's going to matter against Huddersfield and Cardiff. And by the way, if if you're leaving Manchester United to go somewhere else over the summer, you don't care where they end up in the table. That's very true. At Huddersfield, though, this this Manchester United team, who Ole Gunnar Solskjaer Maybe is, Carlin Grant. is saying is saying this week against Chelsea is a kind of like a must win if we want to make the top four, and they and they kind of lay an egg here. Oh, uh, technically, David De Gea. Only did. David De Gea lays yeah. an egg here. Uh, the other tough thing for them, this is why I think you got to wait on your transfers. Uh, Marcus Rashford finally has a little yellow triangle by his name. Uh, I feel like that's permanent. Well, um, he was dealing with uh, shoulder injury, apparently dealing with a pre-match, because Solskjaer said we strapped him up before the game. You I'm could, not surprised. He took a ton of abuse against City. You could clearly see his shoulder got worse and worse, and he couldn't run freely anymore. Wow. Off at 65 minutes, Marcus Rashford, as of earlier, was the second most transferred in player. The number the one most transferred one. in forward as of this recording. He's about the only United player who's looked like he's given a crap for weeks. I'll bet everybody who is brought him in right now is probably kicking themselves yeah, in their absolutely. own shoulder. Dave, who do you want to add to that list? Well, I would I would say Gilfie Sigurdsson. Transfer him in? Yeah, why not? I would own him. I would own him on the way out. Everton, Everton will be motivated. Uh, Brian referenced this earlier. Gilfie has flown underneath the radar. But, Scott, he falls absolutely into the category of guys when you say – just put him in your lineup and forget about him the rest of the year. Yeah, he scored 174 points on the season. Is he ahead of Richarlison for the season? He is by 25 points. Yeah. Burnley at Tottenham. His last four, though, were 3-2, and 3. He's only really had one good week in the last four. Yeah, and there's, this week, but this week was your weird. point. It's, it's inconsistent, but on the whole, it's really good. Yeah. The question is, are you going to get that in the last two matches. It obviously depends it's a risk. On, on, on who else you have. That risk is what's kept me away from Gilfie all year. I have not gotten any of those 174 points. Yeah. Shame on me. The other two that I want to bring up are Son and Erickson. We, See, we, we, and we briefly mentioned them. Should you own Son? Should you own Erickson? Brian so made a, a little bit of a compelling case a few minutes ago for keeping Son going yeah. into the Bournemouth match. But... How much does fatigue override motivation? And I don't know, and that's very difficult. I probably just, I probably will will keep Sun going in at least for one more week. It looks like the legs are willing, but they also look unable, at least on the basis of these last couple of matches. All right, Brian, any recommendations yes. for captain's pick at this point? We're recording this on Sunday night. It's very early in the week. But who's your early choice for captain? Before you let us know, let me give you a brief rundown of what Game Week 37 is going to look like um, because it's going to be fascinating. Everton Burnley kicks things off on Friday. 
Maybe there's potential for an Everton captain in there if you want to go differential. On Saturday, we have Bournemouth hosting Spurs. Who knows what's going to happen in that one? West Ham and Southampton. Wolves and Fulham. We talked about which Wolves team are you expecting. Which Fulham team, for that matter, are you expecting? Yep. Cardiff is in a must-win at home against Crystal Palace. Yep. And then Newcastle-Liverpool ends the day just to just to end the day with a little bit of a title race mm-hmm. uh, relevant match there on Sunday, Chelsea hosts Watford Huddersfield and Manchester United, which immediately you've got to think about when it comes to a captain pick Arsenal Brighton. And then the weekends on Monday with city V Leicester. I talked about it a little bit ago. I, I think hazard at home, uh, sons against re- Watford at home against Watford, just because of hazards home form all season. I feel like he's, I don't know how popular of a choice just because of his ownership. And I, I wonder how many people are going to take the risk with him. I feel like he could, uh, I feel like this is the kind of match where someone like him could be a, a, a big difference. I think Sun's form playing against Bournemouth is not, I mean, I look, I get it. I know exactly what it's, what it has looked like. I just know that Bournemouth has conceded the fifth most of any team in the premier league they've conceded the same number of goals almost as cardiff they're only a few <laughs> they're only a few goals behind huddersfield conceded for the season and they've conceded of of all the clubs they've conceded one of the most at home they're they're the seventh worst at home they've conceded 25 goals at you know it, it, it doesn't help them to be there yeah. and then i mean i'm just saying that as like just as like non-obvious choices like if you're gonna, you know, if you have Salah, I mean, how many people are just gonna keep rolling with him because he's sure. in good form? Or money. I totally agree with you about City at home. I feel like Leicester, for f- despite the clean sheet, they should have been had early on. Lacazette missed a great chance yeah. early on. They are not. I mean, that defensive per- performance was kind of out of also out of nowhere. We talked about that. They've conceded almost every match since yeah. Brendan Rodgers took over. So. I, I just, I mean, defensively, I just don't think they're ready for it. Could they get a goal? Sure. But, yeah, Aguero or Sterling at home, they've been amazing all season long. Captain Raheem Sterling for me. Okay. Vice Captain Sergio Aguero. That's what you're actually doing? Yes, probably. So of the players I own, the two that I'm drawn to the most are Sergio Aguero and then Sadio Mane, and I might go in that order. But... I think if you're, you know, again, the Huddersfield matchup is always the one you kind of look at first. Manchester United away is the matchup there. Um, uh, that's United at Huddersfield, just to be clear. Marcus Rashford, as I've mentioned, is the only United player I'm drawn to. And if he's a little banged up, then no thank you. My differential choice, I might, if I was going to go like strong differential, Dave, like, yeah. like, like big cojones differential. Sure. I might do a Dave. I might yeah. do a you. Yeah. Luca Dina. Yeah. Hosting Burnley on Friday. Why not? That's a good call. If he's going to get me eight or nine. Yeah. And look, I would say, I mean, not to add more names to the list, but look, we said, I mean, Jota's been great at yep. home. And Andor and, Jimenez. And Jimenez has been on fire. Uh, yeah. Wolves. I mean, I know, like you said, Scott, I mean, who knows what, you know. Could there be a letdown? Sure, but they've been uh, they've been pretty money at home. It so. just depends on whether or not Fulham feel like they've proven their point enough, and now they're ready to pack it in and wait for the championship next yeah. year. Yeah, uh, the one thing with City, I mean, how tight are they? I mean, I mean, they had a lot of chances today. 
Uh, Burnley's a little bit more organized in the back yeah, than, where than anyone else that they're gonna that they're gonna play. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like this is a this could be a a runaway for for City. Yeah. I maybe. Yeah, Dave, we've made it. Yeah, we I did. Think we've given the people what they want. I hope we gave a lot. I'm pretty sure we also gave them what they need. Maybe we'll find out after the matches, which are quickly coming to an end. Starts Friday this week. Don't forget. That's right. Find us on all the Fantasy Soccer FC social local spots. That's right. Also on Patreon. That's right. Scott, what's that address? Patreon.com slash FSFC. That's it. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for listening for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. This is David Smith. Until next time.